So I'm uh, watching uh, Superman 2 in honor of Ned Beatty. And I just thought, I, I mean, anybody who knows me knows I, I love the first two Superman movies. You know what? I actually like the third one. I know it's terrible. I know I should hate it. But I just enjoy Richard Pryor and I enjoy seeing Christopher Reeve. Um, I mean, hell, even the first Superman movie isn't that great because Gene Hackman doesn't act like Lex Luthor. He acts like Gene Hackman. Uh, but you will never ever in the history of time find a better Superman than Christopher Reeve. And I stick by that assessment. You know, I stick by that assessment because... He looked the part, he acted the part, he sounded the part, and he's the only one I know who could transform from Clark Kent to Superman with body language in a way that it's completely believable that nobody paid attention to Clark Kent. And I mean Clark Kent from Metropolis, not Clark Kent from Smallville. Clark Kent from Smallville behaved normally you know when he went to metropolis he behaved like a meek person but when he was in smallville he behaved like a normal young uh man or a boy or or uh adult male he he never really put on anything um <clears throat> i may give my uh, assessment of superman in another podcast so i'm going to stop there so in Superman 2, I just want to remind everyone how important this film was. Uh, Superman 1 and Superman 2 were basically made at the same time. Uh, portions of Superman 2 were filmed before Richard Donner was fired by the asshole producers. Uh, the asshole producers having no vision and just not um, dealing with the script that Richard Donner had originally written as a two-part movie. Uh, so Richard Donner was screwed around a lot. Uh, having said that, the Richard Donner cut of Superman 2 is bad. But it's not... For the longest time, I, I... Well, I mean, I did kind of despise Donner for portions of Superman 2. And then I realized how much shit he was given. So his cut of Superman 2, I don't even think it should be called his cut. Because his cut of Superman 2 does not follow his original script. And a lot of roughs and dailies were used that were bad, that were replaced with the uh, other director. And I agree with the replacement of, of some of those roughs and dailies. Same scenes, same concept, only the replacements were better. But... Again, he only shot those scenes in one day. Usually what directors do is they shoot those scenes and they redo them. I think it was a mistake to release the Donner Cut because it's not really the Donner Cut. It's not like the Snyder Cut where Snyder was paid to go back and reshoot everything. The Donner Cut was a minor editing change to a finished film using stuff that was already done, he was not allowed to actually affect the script. 
Um, I think the Snyder Cut is the the first time that a director has actually been go allowed to go back and reshoot one third of the fucking film and redo all the special effects. So a true Donner Cut would follow the original script, which means it would not be Houston, Iowa with Southern speaking jackasses. It would be Houston, Texas, the actual city of Houston. Um, Lex Luthor would uh, have control over the, uh, you know, he would have crashed the fault lines. Um, and the only way for Superman to win, to beat uh, General Zod and Lex Luthor is to go back in time. That's the original script. That's the Donner cut. That's why I don't count the Superman 2 Donner cut as the Donner cut. Uh, it's it's a terrible cut. Should have never been done. It's not even Donner's vision. Uh, Donner was just allowed to try and make minor changes. And I, I think it was kind of an insult to him. Uh, although I can see why he would want to do it. He'd want to at least get some of the original script um, together. I think in the Donner cut, they also clearly show that General Zod is arrested after he's depowered. I think that's because that was um, his compromise for being unable to do the time shifting thing. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch a Donner cut. I don't think he did the time shifting thing in the Donner cut because that is at the end of Superman one, even though in the script, it was originally at the end of Superman two, the two parter movie. So I've explained my feelings of the Donner cut. I've explained that while I hate it, um, I actually feel sorry for Donner. He was fucked. Now, the producers went after Donner in a lot of ways. Uh, the prim primary way the producers went after Donner was because Donner spent millions creating a brand new way to shoot flying. This technology has been used ever since and combined with CGI in ways that are fantastic. Um, he cre When he created flying for Superman, they are still using that technology today based off of his premise for Iron Man, for Batman, for Aquaman, for Shazam. They're using this same technology. And the producers didn't see it as an investment. So they attacked Donner unfairly. Having said that, the first Superman movie, even with a bad Lex Luthor, is a fantastic story. Because it's about Superman, it's not about Lex. And I can forgive a kind of crappy bad guy when 75% of the movie is the story about the hero. And that's what it is, Superman. 75% of the movie of Superman is about Superman. Hell, uh, Christopher Reeve doesn't even come into play until after he goes to the Fortress of Solitude. 
you have a wonderful young actor who looks a lot like Christopher Reeve uh, playing the majority of the part for the beginning. And you see the pain that he feels when his dad dies. You see that, yeah, they kind of get frustrated with him because he's a regular boy. He's an average boy, just with superpowers. He loves his parents dearly. That's why he doesn't use his superpowers. See, I hate these shows that say parents that can't beat on their kids or overpower them will have evil kids. Let's spare the rod, spoil a child view of superhuman abilities. Well, let me tell you this. That's fucking bullshit. I know a lot. I mean, I've, I've known. I don't personally know. I've known. I've met a lot of kids who've taken care of their ailing parents as they're going through high school or as they're in junior high. I've known some kids that were raised by their grandparents. They could easily overpower them. Essentially, they have superpowers. You know why they don't use them? You know why they're good kids? Because they were raised right. And they love their, they love their guardians. They love their parents. God, that, that one gal in school, her parents died. She's, she's raised by her grandparents. Anyway, that's why I find movies like whatever that stupid fucking movie was where that kid just becomes evil because he's angry and he has superpowers and his mother's crying. She can't control him. It came out in the last three years. Can't even remember the fucking name. I'm pretty sure Blood Heart is Vin Diesel's which is a completely different story. Um, I'm talking about that stupid kid that's supposed to be like an evil Superman. That is not how the world works. That's not how people behave. And they show that very clearly in the first Superman movie. Uh, before I get to more of Superman 2, I just want to say, writers will often internalize their feelings without understanding how they externalize their feelings. If you think in your mind, you could convince yourself of anything. You'll murder people. I'm so angry. If I had superpowers, you'd be dead. Yeah, but the reality is, that's your id speaking. That's typically the most submissive part of your psyche. It's where all of your emotions lie. It's where all of your monsters lie. And thankfully, you have your ego and superego. Now, I know a lot of people subscribe to different beliefs, but basically, it's your unconscious versus your conscious and your superconscious, essentially. Uh, you, you, people typically have two different levels of consciousness, or maybe three, maybe four. And the subconscious which can direct some actions, which can make you angry and then you have to count to 10. Your consciousness is what, where your reason lies. That's where you reason the consequences of your actions. And consequences are not always you get the crap beat out of you. Consequences are I worry about those around me. I worry about society. I worry about my future. 
I worry about people that I care about. That's why I think that that one Superman, you know, fake Superman movie with the evil kid is a load of fucking bullshit. You would have to have a real shitty parents in order to create a kid like that, regardless of how powerful the child is. And Superman 1 defines that, which is very important because you move on to Superman 2. Superman 2 has... and So Superman 1 created the concept of flight in movies. Realistic-looking flight. So much so that even animators copy the process. Right? I mean, they don't copy the strings and whatever. But they copy the visual effects that were defined in the first Superman movie. That's how important Richard Donner is and was when he created Superman. It's, and I mean, I've done a lot of research, uh, you know, people pointed it out, uh, you know, personal research, looking things up and it's, you watch the first Superman movie and watch any anime uh, that actually shows flying. I don't mean lines behind the people's heads, but any anime, any any um, any um, uh, just regular Western animation. Although anime just means animation. Um, any modern movie. Look at the behind the scenes. Fuck Aquaman. He was in a rig almost identical to. Um, Jason Momoa was in a rig almost identical to Christopher Reeve. This isn't stuff I'm making up. I mean, just look at it. Look at the visuals. Look at the behind the scenes. You will see that's what they do. Even Hong Kong rigged martial artists, uh, martial arts movies, you know, with rigs and wires and whatever. I have, I've seen them, you know, when they do superpowers, they copy what was done in Superman. And that's really important because Superman 2, or Superman 1 defined flight. Superman 2 defined the flying combat. Now, Superman 2's only hang-up is the rigs and the, you know, because Richard Donner wasn't really in charge of the vast majority of Superman 2. And he did have his budget cut by then before he was fired. Um... The direction on the speed of flying was not fully mastered. And I believe that part of that is because Richard Donner was removed. He would have nailed it down. As in the first Superman movie, Superman flies pretty damn fast. Uh, obviously, they have a giant soundstage to be Metropolis. And you could kind of sort of see where it's broken up. But... The process of the, I mean, this is before CGI. There was no other way to present it. The process of mixing the flight techniques, showing them fighting, showing the type of aerial combat that would be used, speed it up a little bit and you've got Iron Man and War Machine in Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2. A lot of the same fighting techniques, a lot of the same tricks, a lot of the same how do we move 
in the air is, is used in that. In Aquaman, same thing with underwater combat. Now, a lot of the underwater combat in Aquaman, granted, is CGI, but what did they copy? I mean, they still had to have Aquaman in rigs as if he was flying, but they had to tweak it a little bit to make it look like he was swimming or speeding through the water, flying through the water. And you have very similar combat as in terms of flying combat when he's fighting while swimming. In addition to that, the combat is broken up by the villains attacking different aspects of the city, not just focusing on Superman, trying to distract him, focusing on people, making comments, things like, blow them a kiss, dear. I'm sorry, I don't do that very well. General Zod. Um, I could never impersonate Terrence Stamp. Especially since they mechanically lowered his voice and gave it an echo, which was <laughs> subtle, but man, well, maybe not too subtle. And in a lot of movies predating Superman 2, that did not happen. Bad guys focused on the hero relentlessly till the hero got the upper hand and beat them. In Superman 2, these bad, these villains were diabolical. After Superman 2 comes out, you start having more Superman movies or superhero movies, and they follow the same method. Superman 2 defined flight, flying, and swimming combat, and another level of villainy that was very rarely seen before Superman 2. I'm not going to say it was never seen. There, were some, there are some movies where you see the villains attack the people other than the hero, but Superman 2 went on steroids with that. I mean, what, what is it? 10-minute fight scene or more, depending on whether or not you... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'll have to measure it. it. It feels like 10 minutes, uh, 10 wonderful minutes. I don't mean long minutes. Wonderful, fantastic minutes of General Zod from the moment he breaks into the Daily Planet building on through, uh, maybe it's even a little bit more than 10 minutes when they fight at the Fortress of Solitude. Um, Fortress of Solitude isn't so much a fight. It's kind of like a wrap-up with, you know, after the fighters are kind of tired, uh, which is fine, you know, and that's kind of how fights go. You get bursts of energy at the beginning, and then you have to regulate how you attack at the end. Um, so I just want to make sure everybody knows out there. Superman 2 and Superman defined the modern superhero movie. They don't get much credit. Batman also defined a lot of modern superhero movies. Unfortunately, some superhero movies want to try to beat the 1987 Batman by going even darker. I believe that's wrong. I believe that's uh, terrible, actually, with some characters. Like the Man of Steel is not Batman. The Man of Steel should be Christopher Reeve's Superman because that's who Superman is. He cares about people. He loves people. Batman just says, mm, fuck off. At the same time, I don't really like the idea of Batman killing people. Um, but, you know, Tim Burton's Batman's still a masterpiece. Anyway, so 
in terms of flying, in terms of com a lot of special effects, Superman created it. Superman defined the art of combat with villains. And, uh, you know, Superman 2 did that. And I just think it's a fantastic movie. So that's my tribute to Superman 2. And it's all because Ned Beatty recently passed away and I wanted to watch the movie again. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, chat, this movie chat. Um, yeah, uh, if you're interested in special effects, how Superman changed everything, uh, hell, even go watch the fights with you know the YouTube clips of General Zod fighting Superman. Uh, even look at General Zod invading the White House. I mean, the Kryptonians use different fighting techniques for the humans than they do for Superman because Superman's an actual fucking threat. But when they're fighting the humans, they just walk right through them in ways that are imaginative. I mean, that, that whole invasion scene, they do something different with each scene, with each combat, which is fantastic. Uh, you know, a lot of times in... Uh, uh, in movies, you just see superpowered people just walk through, punch some people. You know, the 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 cops run up to them, get knocked out. You know, General Zod, Ursa, and Nan, when they go and invade the White House, um, they use unique ways to demonstrate how they evaluate the situation. Especially with General Zod, he kind of moves back when he's getting shot before he moves forward and evaluates how to take them out. Uh, there's a lot of interesting strategy that they that or a strategy that they introduced in how villains should behave that ha has affected all movies since all superhero movies since uh, you'll be hard pressed to find a superhero movie that has not been affected by superman 2 or you know batman but this isn't a tribute to batman uh, you know, Tim Burton did a fantastic job with with Batman. There's not much I can say about Batman other than whether you like it or not. A lot of film techniques and how and a lot of storytelling techniques and how superheroes behave came right have direct links to Batman in 1987. Anyway, so uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you take care.